This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, well. Good morning. Good morning. I know we've had such a powerful time today, and just so thankful that that you're here. And it's hard to believe that uh, uh, Christmas Eve uh, is upon us. And uh, I mean, I hope you uh, have pretty much everything together because, uh, in case you hadn't figured it out, you're 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 out of time if you haven't. So, listen today. We're going to have a great time. I want to share a message with you entitled "Close." close why don't we why don't we bow our heads ask god to open the word to us and then we're gonna we're gonna dive in together today father i thank you for your presence i thank you for all that you have reminded of us uh during this christmas season how that you have come to earth and how that you you went across every boundary to find us there is no sin so great that your grace is not greater Your love can penetrate the darkness. And I thank you, Father, that you are going to speak to us now because you are not a God that is removed from us, but you are Emmanuel, the God who is with us, the God who is close at hand. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I want to talk to you today about the fact that God is that Emmanuel. God is close to us. You see, you've got to understand it is possible to experience the presence of God in your life. And the presence of God is, is most powerfully felt when it is most personal. When you reach that place that you understand that God is right there for you. I shared with you recently about how I felt like I had a personal miracle, but uh, let me just share that with you again today. Several weeks ago, we we take our daughter who's flown in from L.A. to the airport. As we get to the airport, we, you know, we're just telling her goodbye. We're thinking about what all we have to accomplish that day, and we we're driving back up north on 400, you know, and suddenly our phone rings, and our daughter is about to board her plane, and, and she says, uh, there's a problem. She said she had received an alarm on her insulin pump, and she's a type 1 diabetic, and and her insulin pump had went off. And as her insulin pump had went off, she realized, well, I just need to fill it back up. And she reached down into her, her bag, and there was no insulin. She searched through her bag. There was none at all. She remembered that she had left her complete insulin supply in the refrigerator at her home. She has less than five hours worth of insulin to keep her in a healthy place. She has a five-hour flight. She has nothing when she arrives. Of course, we begin to panic just a little bit, and then we begin to pray. After a few moments of prayer and some discussion, I hear my wife say in, in a kind of a confident voice, she said, I think you just need to look one more time. My daughter, by this point, has torn her bag apart. She's she's now put everything back in, and she's confident nothing's there. But my wife said, look one more time. As she looked, she she opened her bag, and all of a sudden, she looks down, and there, out of nowhere, is a vial of insulin. 
I thought about a, something that I had read that said, don't call your miracle a coincidence. And I have been telling everyone about the miracle that God did in making insulin appear where there was no insulin. I guess someone would say, well, why didn't God just heal her at that moment? I'm not questioning that. What I'm doing is rejoicing the fact that when our need was real, our God was present. You see, you, you never feel God more powerfully than when you need him personally. I mean, that's why God whispered to Elijah in the cave. I mean, uh, there's a story where Elijah's looking for God. He needs to hear from God. And, and so God shows up in some pretty amazing ways. The uh, earthquake came, and, and the earthquake was cosmic, and it, it shook the, the earth, but, but God wasn't in the shaking of the earth. The fire fell but, and was brilliant, but, but God wasn't in the, the fire. The, in the story, uh, he's looking for God, and, and the wind blows, and I mean, it's smashing into things, the, this tremendous wind, but God's not in the wind. But then God whispered. God whispered to him. You see, if God could show off his power through the earthquake, if God could show off his power through the fire, if God could show off his power through the wind, why would he reveal himself in a whisper? Why would this awesome God who, who literally with a word spoke the universe into existence, why would this awesome God who, who literally in a word uh, spoke and, and everything came into being, why would he then come and whisper to Elijah? Let me tell you why. Because you must be close to whisper. You must be close to hear that whisper. Desperation made them cry out to God. Desperation has made them scream out to God. But he was showing Elijah, I'm close to you. Their world was shaking. Their, their world was burning. The world was, was swirling. But God's world was not. God was right there right beside them in their storm. A God who has not changed at all. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This God, this God is not changed by our circumstances. Our God does not have to run to us because he is somehow caught off guard by what we're facing. Our God runs to us in, in his grace, but in the middle of our storm, God doesn't have to run to us. But when God does sweep in, he sweeps in out of love. You know, I recently was riding upon the Sea of Galilee and the very place that his disciples were at their lowest point. They were, they were so afraid and, and, and they feared that they were dying. And, and all of a sudden, Jesus stood up and in Matthew 8, verse number 26. He said, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And then he got up, he rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly all was calm. Essentially, what he's saying, guys, guys, it's me. I'm right here. I mean, that, that should settle your doubts. I'm in the boat. I'm, I'm right beside you. 
I know the storm is raging. I know that you're going through a hard time. I know that you're struggling. I know that you don't know how you're going to make it. And you don't know if they're coming home. You don't know if this marriage is going to survive. You don't know what's going to happen about this job situation. You, you don't know what's going to happen. But he says, guys, 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 I'm in the boat. I'm close. I'm right here. And as long as I'm close and as long as I'm right here, as, as long as I'm where I'm supposed to be, then you're good. I don't know who you are, but you've been trying to figure out how to fix things. You've been trying to figure out what to correct. You've been trying to figure out what you need to tweak. Can I, can I tell you a word? He's with you. He's close. He knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows your pain. He knows your problems. He knows exactly what you need and what you need more than what you think you need is you need to know that God is with you. Some of you are looking for the fire to fall, that your situation changes. You're looking for the earth to shake to the point that everyone lines up with your will. But, but what you need is to hear him. You need to hear him whispering to you. You need to hear him because God is not far from you. What's the message of this Christmas day? What's the message of, of this day as we prepare for this wonderful celebration? Matthew one twenty three. Listen, listen to the words. Look, the virgin shall conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they shall call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Whew. I'm getting excited about that. I mean, don't you understand that God is with us? God is saying, I am Emmanuel. I mean, just, just saying that I am close to you. The problem is this. Our sin says, uh, give me my space. Our sin says, I must withdraw. Our sin says, God wouldn't want me near him. Our sin says, I don't need to be even go to church. My sin says, I, I, I'm not worthy. But our sin, even as horrible as our sin is, our sin positions us for his grace. You see, if you've made a mistake, don't justify another mistake by, by grace, but justify this this thinking, this knowledge that, that, that though you have stumbled, God will even use your stumble as an opportunity to draw close to you. He is close. He is close to the one who just reaches out. He is close. You see, for the one who is just using faith, there is no reason, there is no understanding, there, it does not make sense how or why that God would receive you, but I just believe the promise of the word. I, I'm going to listen to the crazy preacher this morning that says God's right here and God wants to know me. You see, he is close to the one who just reaches out. That's all that's required. I mean, he is close he's simply looking for someone who will reach back to him there are some here today who you feel that god is is far from you can i say it this way that you feel like you're far from him you feel like there's no way god could be near you but god not only is near you He's right beside you. God is speaking to you. 
It's his presence that you feel. It's, it's he that rides in the car with you. It's he that is, is there. God is close to you. But pastor, you don't understand. I used to be closer to God. Listen, I'm not talking about your position. I'm talking about his position. And until you understand his position, you will never correct your position. Until you understand that God has positioned himself in a place to change your life. Until you understand the power of knowing that he is close to you, you will never begin to be able to align your life with him. You see, you're constantly thinking he's having to run to keep up with you. God does not have, you've been having to run to keep away from him. God's not running. God is close. The Bible tells us in Psalms that God is before us and behind us. He can be before us and behind us at the same time. God's not running to try to find you. God's not somehow forgotten your address. God's not somehow, you said, well, I feel forgotten. I feel forsaken. No, what you need to do is realize the position that you're in. You're in a position that's near to God. That's why you're hearing this message today. God wants you to hear. Am I whispering? No, but it's his voice. It's his spirit that's whispering. I'm close. I'm close. I'm right here. I'm here for you today. I mean, don't leave here today without responding to his call. He's close. He's close. The writer of Hebrews says that God has spoken to us in various times and in various ways. In the past, he spoke through prophets, but now he has spoken to us through his son, who is the exact representation of the image of his glory. What that means to us is that when you have seen Jesus, you have seen God. And when God wanted to announce to humanity what he was like, he came close and he whispered through the presence of a baby in a cave. You see, Elijah was in a cave looking, looking for God. And the earth shook, the fire fell, the wind blew, but God whispered from a cave. There in Bethlehem, it was in a cave that God would whisper. The heavens would declare joy to the world. The Savior has come. The shepherds would rejoice in the fields, but there in the quiet of a cave. Some of you are looking at me like, why a cave? Because the stable would have been there in a cave. When you go to that region now today, you go into these natural depressions that are there. And in these natural depressions, you can see where they could run the flocks down. They still run the flocks down into the depression. And there in the depression, there are caves. And, and, and so the shepherd could get out of the weather. The flocks were in the natural depression. They could block the, the, the ramp that usually led down into those. And I can only imagine that night pushing through the crowd of sheep and goats and other animals in the depression. Shepherds came. When they walked into the room, they were excited. When they walked or came into the cave, they were thrilled. When they, when they came in, they, they, they had a focus because they had a story to tell. These, these abandoned shepherds who felt like no one cared, suddenly close to them was the glory of God as it filled the heavens. And they came in now and there's a hush because there's a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And they knew exactly who he was for unto us, a son is given. 
They had heard the declaration of the angels that, that this baby born was born from God. And in this holy hush, they knew they were in the presence of the Messiah. You see, some of you may feel like the enemy has backed you into a cave. You may feel like the enemy has somehow pushed you up against the wall. Let me ask you, what happens in life if you find yourself in a cave? Well, there's a lot of ways to find yourself in a cave. Sometimes our addictions and struggles push us into a cave. Sometimes fear pushes us into a cave. Sometimes loneliness pushes us into a cave. I don't know why I feel to share this story with you today, but I'll, 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 I'll share this, this with you now on this special day. I want to tell you the story of about 22 years ago. One of our children had just been born. We were living in our first home. I was at work. Christina, my wife, had, had taken our child out for some errands. And we lived down a long and kind of windy, deserted road. It was down near the lake, and the subdivision hadn't developed. As she's driving down this road, she notices a vehicle coming up rapidly behind her. She notices that it gets too close. And then the vehicle begins to try to run her off the road. It would end up being a struggle for survival as, as the vehicle would eventually block her in on a dead-end street. With the last bit of hope, she's realized that she was probably going to somehow at least try to damage the vehicle so that both vehicles would not be able to leave. She, she punched the gas, and as she punches the gas, somehow she... She actually misses the vehicle and goes through a, a yard that is there and comes out the other side and escapes. She shares with the police a description, and sure enough, it turns out that this is the description of someone who had ended the lives of many a individual. She was spared, but it didn't spare her the fear that would be invoked because of this. It didn't spare her the, 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 the nights that she would cry. It became so bad that I, I literally would have to, uh, sleep with a, with a weapon nearby so that, that she could actually go to sleep. My wife, my joy would, uh, end up with our baby hiding under our kitchen table. She would, she would hide in different places in the furniture. We, we, we had a friend, uh, whose car had broke down that walked to our home and, and him just simply knocking on our door set us back weeks and of progress because she was so overwhelmed. With fear. God sent several signs and wonders that he was with us and, and he was so, so good to us during this time. But my wife couldn't shake this constant state of fear. And then one day, living from that cave of fear, she heard a voice. A pastor had come to fill in our pulpit that day and he, he preached a message about when fear has you tied under the table and, and he shared this, this message. It was just a quiet, peaceful message and, and suddenly, I watched my wife go to the altar. She went to the altar. When she got up, she was different. Twenty-something years ago, that, that fear has never resurfaced at that level. Twenty-something years ago, even after the individual was caught and arrested and, and charged for, for multiple deaths, uh, uh, we didn't see the fear re return. Why? 
because she'd heard a voice during the reading of the word and the power of the message that called her to freedom. Listen, I don't know what cave you're hiding in. Some of you are just saying, God, I need this to happen. I need, I need my marriage to be like this, or I, I need this one to come home, or I need this to be fixed, or I need this kind of money. I need this. And you've described what needs to be the deliverance from your cave, but what, you, what you've described is fire falling, the earth shaking. You've described moments that, that you think is where you'll find God. But what you really need is to hear his voice. You need to hear his voice calling to you calling you to freedom. You see, because you can come up with all kinds of excuses for, for why God can't do it this way or why God can't rescue or why you should push God away and why, why your cave is not even your fault. But the truth is, God is close today. Here on this Christmas Eve, God is close. God is speaking to you. God is calling to you, to make you his own. You see, you may not know where he is, but God knows right where you are. Stop trying to tell him how you need to see him and start listening for his voice. It was the voice of the Lord that spoke. Check that bag one more time, and then what our miracle that we needed was there. It was the voice of the Lord that while we were dealing with fulfilling more supply, I came through a dark place. And as I came through a dark place, suddenly a friend that, that I hadn't thought of in a while came to my mind. And, and, and I, the dark place stood out to me and I called them and I just began to speak to them. And, and I left them a voicemail, actually. And, and then suddenly they called me back and they said, you don't understand. We're sitting here in a dark place. You see, God was speaking to my life in the middle of our opportunity for praising God for a miracle. Someone else needed a miracle because God was close to me and he was close to them and he's close to you. Stop feeling like God lives in someone else's life, but not in yours. That's the beauty of Emmanuel. That God came that whosoever would believe in him that they might have life. There are not favorite children in his family. We all find equal ground at Calvary. There is hope in Christ. There is joy in Christ. And on this Christmas Eve, as our hearts are turned to the, our family, as, as we take in this moment this morning to, to gather for worship, as, as the presence of God is here, can you hear him? Can you hear him calling? You see, the message of Christmas is that God not only called, but that he found us. He came to us. It's not that he's coming. He came to us. He didn't send us a road map to possibly decipher to find him. He didn't send us a treasure map with some, you know, giant X on it that, that says X marks the spot of the treasure of life. No. He came whispering, I'm here. I've come to you. I'm here. I've chosen you. I'm here, but I'm unworthy, we respond. He says, I'm here, and I am worthy, and I will cover you with my grace and my goodness. You see, 
I want you to get today. I want you to get this revelation that God's close. He's right there. You're not forsaken. You're not forgotten. But revelation requires response before it can become reality in our lives. Let me just give you that again. I want you to get this. Revelation requires response before it can become reality in our lives. And so today, I want you to not only know that he's close, I want you to respond to it. I want you to stop running and stop trying to find the fire and the earthquake and the the light shining out of heaven that somehow you'll know your answer to what you think needs to happen in your life's on its way. And I want you to surrender to a God who says, I'm in the boat with you. I'm right here. Some of you go, Pastor Don, I don't know that God's in the boat with me. That's because you haven't invited him in. That's because you haven't called him in. You haven't chosen for him to come into your heart and your soul. But today, at this point, I want to invite you to make that decision. What a better thing than on this Christmas Eve to invite the one who came all those 2,000 plus years ago that he might be Emmanuel into your life, into your boat, into your world. He's close. This is your moment. This is your time. This is the opportunity to know Christ. Call upon Christ this year. Declare with me that God is our Father, that Jesus is our Savior. Repent of your sins. Believe, and you will be made new. Come on, let's pray this prayer of faith together. Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior, but I believe your promises, and as I repent of my sins, I invite you into my life as the savior of my life. I surrender you my past, my present, and my future. And now, from this moment forward, I believe that your grace and your goodness, they cover me. By faith, in Jesus' name, I declare God is my father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my savior. God bless you. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now. Real Love Now.